God had told us in, in, in 2019 to again go to the world as we talked about last week. But the Lord told me that we need to go to the world with love. We need to go to the world with God's love and with our love for them. And he was telling me that they don't even understand this love. And, and so I'm hitting back in it. I got six points today. But the first point I'm going to hit into is go in his love in 2019. The second point I'm going to talk about today is offense keeps us from loving God and people. Then three, Satan loves to steal love and cause offense. Four, choose to love or, or be offended. It's your choice. Uh, five, forgive your brother. Six, trust God and love. And again, back to point one, go in his love in 2019. The scripture I'm wanting to read is 1 John 3, 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So God is saying, don't just say it. Show the truth by your actions. We talked about last week through the, the Mark chapter, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, 8, that, that God wanted and Jesus told his disciples, us, to go into all the world and, and preach the news. But he said, start in Jerusalem. He goes, I'm going to give you power. and I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Ghost. Start in Jerusalem, Judea, then go in Samaria, and then go into the world. And the Lord showed us that, that Jerusalem is our home, our immediate family. Those that, that sat with us in church here on Sunday, it's easy to love them. It's easy, easy to go in Judea and we compared that to church. That it's easy to love each other, well at least most of the time, right? We can kind of love each other here and that's not too hard to do. But Samaria, God was saying to go to Samaria and love a people that didn't like you. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along and they were, God, Jesus was saying, go to people that maybe don't like you or you don't get along to with. Then he was saying, go into the world. And we talked about the world was the Romans at that time. And the Romans, they were coming in, they were oppressing the Jews. We talked about how a million Jews were killed. We talked about how their temple, their church was destroyed. And God said, you need to love them. You need to love those who are your enemies. And so Jesus is saying, just don't talk about it through John and 1 John 3, 18. He's saying, you need to do it by your actions. You need to love those close to you. You need to love those in your church family. You need to love those that don't like you. And you need to love your enemies. And the Lord's been hitting me this week more than anything. Is nine times out of ten, the ones that don't like you and your enemies are the Lord. That's the ones the Lord's wanting you to lead to Christ. And, and that's the ones we're pushing away from. You know, the reason that, that there's offense or there's problems going on with people is Satan don't want you to win them to Christ. And so he's doing things to deal, steal, kill, and destroy and work in the other end of it. And so we got a lot of this going on. And when that's going on, I'd be pressing in even more. I, I really believe the Lord's telling me the ones that you need to be really working on is the ones you can't hardly take right now. The ones that are upsetting you. The ones that you don't want to be around and those that are treating you like dirt, press into them. I, I've been fighting talking about this and it comes to mind every time, every time that, 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 that I bring, bring this up and, and it's not a good thing. But, but my, one of my best friends in high school was one that I was horrible to. And, and, and I did a real bad thing to him. A real bad thing to them, and they did real bad things to me. 
But, but, but man, when we got connected, we ended up being best friends. And I think that's what the Lord was doing. He didn't want me to tell you what I did. But it was horrible things that we were doing to each other. And actually, we had a knockdown, drag out fight. And once we had that fight and cleared the air, we ended up being best friends. And in any way, I see that so much in the spiritual world that there's this jump going on that neither side's pushing, but there's just this going on, and Satan doesn't want us to have a community. And I tell you, I'd press into those that persecute you. I would press into those that you don't want to be around, that, that you're not sure about. You see, God is telling us our love is expressed by sincerely helping persons in need. We, we come to James, and we did a big study on James that Jim taught here in our Sunday schools a few months back. But, but what does it profit, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that they, they need for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself. It does not have works and it is dead. And the Lord was speaking to me while I was reading that. I, I didn't want to embarrass you today again and pray for you guys. And she's saying, oh, you didn't. But, but that's what my spirit was, or the Satan was telling me. The Lord was saying, get Dolly up here and stand with her as a church again. This attack's still on. And I was getting, oh, no, everybody's going to think you're playing, you know, all this. I was fighting all these thoughts. And the Lord hit me then, what good are we as a church if we can't help them? What good are we as a church if we can't come around them and pray? And we got to quit worrying about what everybody thinks and start doing what God thinks. And we need to press into that. And I see Satan coming into the church world and he's destroying it. And not just here, but everywhere. He's doing his best to destroy it. And there's really no party wrong. It's just Satan's in the middle of it. And we need to press in now more than ever. We need to press in now more than ever. Landon sent me a text yesterday and at the, when I was at the ball game and joined the ball game. And, and he sends me this text. And it's a slide up there, I think. It, but it says, uh, uh, love is expressed by sharing our faith. And, and that's what the Lord is putting on me about sharing our faith. And it, the statistics said that, that 80%, 36% of people that came to church was because you invited a friend. 86%. 6% come to church or, or because the pastor visited them. Another 6% came to church because an uh, uh, organized visit was there. Another 2% came because of advertising. And what, the, what I'm seeing here is that, that you need to show your love to people. You know, your love's what will bring somebody to church, but your love is what will save somebody. Your love is what will deliver somebody. Your love is what can change somebody's heart. The, the, these statistics have proven that, that you grow the church because you're out in it all the time, every day. And you have many opportunities, many opportunities. I was trying to put in words what the Lord's putting on my heart because I don't seem to say what I feel sometimes and I get tongue-tied. So I'm going to read something to you that I put together here. But, but Oakland will be stretched. See, I already did it. I got it wrote down. I still butcher it. 
But Oakton will be stretched to enlarge their love in 2019. God is drawing in those from the outside, and we've been talking about that. I believe that God's going to be sending people in that, that maybe, well, I'll just leave it at that. Our love for them and our love for God will be put to the test. We'll be spread, stretched to arise and shine, and our hearts will be revealed, whether we arise or shine, whether we don't, whether we do. Will we radiate Love when it's hard, when it costs us something. Will we choose to love when that person who comes to our, into our life group may be difficult to love at first? Will we choose not to be offended, but choose to love and look beyond our comfort zones to really reach the lost? Will we love and let God love through us? Now I'm going to try to shake it up a little bit here, but but you guys, go back to that first slide if you don't mind. But, but you guys saw the background here was this is a, a chief stadium here. And, and guys, I really, yesterday, man, I saw the chief fans demonstrate their love for the chief organization. Man, and I saw it. I, I was overwhelmed about what people did to go see this game. Uh, we were invited to go, and, and, and Karen and I got up at 7 o'clock to get around for the game and dressed warm and, and did all these things. We met him at 9 o'clock. How many of you, well, anyway, we met at 9 o'clock, and, and we drove to Kansas City for a 3 o'clock game. Man, that's dedication. But it wasn't just me. I was passing cars, and they were passing us, chief flags on the side. Man, there was cars in the ditch. There was cars everywhere. But they were going to this game at 3 o'clock, and they were going to go there no matter what anybody else thought. They were going to go there. It didn't matter if there was 10 inches of snow, and there was. The, the snow was this deep. And, and I tacked it. We walked three miles in snow this deep. And it's not a story like my dad used to tell me. It's really true. <laughs> Love you, Dad. See, I'm showing the love of God, you know. But we were walking through snow this deep, but when we come out, it's flat and it's solid ice. I about hit the ground three times myself. Karen's hanging on to me and I'm like, let go, you know. <laughs> I don't care if you fall, I'm worried about me. But, but, but you know, really, she was getting along better than I was. And, and we're sitting there doing all this. To, you know, I reached out for my wife. I'm trying to love her. Hey, hot cocoa. Hot cocoa, and they're coming over. Hot cocoa, and they come over. I go, how much for hot cocoa? And they go, twenty-one fifty. I go, you can have your hot cocoa. Little cups is big. Twenty-one fifty. Twenty-one dollars and fifty cents for a coke. That's dedication, or for a cocoa. And needless to say, we said you can have your cocoa. Oh, I wasn't going there. I'm just talking about the chief dedication. You know, I'm just talking about dedication. What are you wearing over there, bud? That's dedication. Yeah, yeah. But I saw this, man, 80,000 fans beat all odds to go to this game. And I thought, wow, that's the most powerful dedication that I ever seen. The Lord told me, showed me that's love. And that's how we need to demonstrate our love for God and people. Do we go to those links? Do we go to those great links? I could talk, I could talk to you about... We was in the parking lot an hour and a half after the game, and we left early to get out. An hour and a half. And Debbie, I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. 
But an hour and a half in the parking lot. No driveway was cleared. No sidewalk was cleared. Nothing was done. And people came. Then I got home about 9.30 and started working on this PowerPoint. And church closings were going across the bottom of the screen. We need to love God and we need to love people with that same intensity, with that same care, with that same heart. And guys, it's, it's there. I'm going to shut up now. Two, offense. The Holy Spirit told me last week after I preached that he hit me Monday and the Lord began to deal with me all week that we cannot love people because we're so easily offended. We, we cannot, uh, it's hard for us to, to love people because we get offended with them and, and then it's, it's over with. We can't do it. I tell you what, I, I had to pray through. You guys, you know what I prayed through today? Giselle and Amy offended me. That when that, did you see that slide they wrote about me? They said the Vikings had never been here. He's going to turn chief fan. And we may kid about that, but it's that simple. Man, they said this about me. And we get offended and we can't love them or love God like we could. You know, it's so easy to just get offended. You know, we were walked up into the stands yesterday and, and me and Karen, or Ken, excuse me, me and Kim went to the right seats. You know, we listened to Karen actually. And we go up to 118 and go to our row and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, we just got our seats cleared off snow this deep, all this junk around them. And these guys come up and say, you're in the wrong seat. And I said, we are, because they were bigger. And, and, and we looked at our tickets, and we were in the wrong seat. And, and, and they were right. And I thought, man, we spent all this time here, and we're in the wrong seats. I could have been offended. And the reason I say that is, when I go to these games, I look for reasons to minister. Man, you don't know anybody. Cut loose. And immediately, I'm offended because... It's cold. We're up here, and, and I cleared this area out. We cleared it out, and now we got to move. And so we head down, and we go down, and it takes us 20 minutes to go back up and get set in. Missed the first touchdown of the game. Didn't even get to see it. So there's lots of reasons to get offended. You know, then, then there's a, the people are snow, throwing snowballs at the Colt fans. Man, they're whipping these things and popping in the back of the head. Well, the bad thing was there was a bunch of them in front of me, so I got popped two or three times. And I'm thinking, well, I guess I really was rooting for the coats. I was just wearing black and red. And anyhow, no, I don't want to go there. But, but my point is, it would have been so easily to get offended. So easy. So easy not to, God, I don't want to be here in this God-forsaken place. Why did you even send me out here? Kind of like Jonah, you know. And I'm a far cry from Jonah. But, but I sat there, and then this guy nudges me next to me. And he said, I want to buy you a beer. And I could have took offense to that. My goodness, I'm a pastor of God. Can't you see my collar on? <laughs> you know, I could have took offense. And I really, that type thing, I, I just looked at him and said, why do you want to buy me a beer for? And he goes, because there was Colts fans where you were at, and you run them off when you took your right seats. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And I said, well, I don't drink, but, but I really appreciate it. And I got to talk with a guy. End up, this guy's best friend's friends with Doc Torbeck and Lamar, I believe it was. It's a small world. And God gave me a ministering opportunity. 
I could have chose to be offended. We, we had to tell the Colt fans and show them our tickets and all that. We could have been mad and pouting. I could have said, give me the beer. I want to get drunk with you. But we don't. We press in and we don't take offense. But I want to show you guys a film about how easy that it is to, to take offense. But all I want to show you guys is that when we do take offense, it, take, it squelches out love. And, and if, if, even if we say we're not carrying offense, we take it home to our wife, we take it home to our children, we take it home to wherever it is, and people suffer because of our offense. Because we're not loving them, our family that are home, Jerusalem, our, our, our church people that are Judea, and the ones that maybe do upset us and the ones that hate us, we're not affected when we're offended. But Teresa talked about that Satan loves to steal our, our uh, love for God and offend us. She was talking about through the how the enemy wants to do this, and through John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Um, Matthew four, Luke four, G- uh, Satan was trying to steal Jesus' love for us and God's love by distracting him from the calling that he had to come after us. We see in the parable of the sower that Satan immediately comes in and tries to take away the word. In other words, God's told us to love our brothers, to, to love him. And, and it doesn't matter what word it is, Satan comes in to steal it. And he does it through troubles and persecution. He does it through tribulation and persecution, Mark four seventeen tells us. He not only does it that way, he does it through the cares of the world. And it tells us that in Mark four eighteen. You know, we're, we're real good about loving people until they pick on something that we care about. You know, I can love all you guys, but you talk about my wife? Well, we need to love people and God even when they talk about our wives. And when the cares of the world get in there, it chokes us out. And and our love gets choked out by the care of the world. Uh, Our love for God and people gets choked out when everything's more important than our ministries here on Sunday morning. Or our ministries on Wednesday night. Or our ministries to our children. Or our wives at home. But we get so many things choked out by this world. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm gliding through these things. But, but offense causes anger. It causes distress. It, it makes you feel dejected. And, and offense will, will bring you down if you do not deal with it. Uh, Cain is a good example of that in Abel. The Lord came to him. Why are you angry? Why are you offended? In other words, he said, why do, what you, what, why do you look so dejected? And dejected means sad, depressed, dispirited. He was saying to Cain, man, what's up with you? You're, you took this offense now, and now you're dispirited, meaning you don't want any part of me, God, and, and you're, you're sad and you're depressed. Man, this world is living on depression medicine, by the way. Because I think a lot of us are carrying offense. And again, in some cases, not. But God went on to say to him, you will be accepted if you just do what is right. Don't take offense. But if you refuse to do what is right, then sin... And again, in some version, says the devil is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and must master it. 
And we see that Cain didn't do that. And we see that it goes in that, that Cain was even disciplined. And we see that Cain even said, God, when he, he ended up murdering his brother and took it to a new level and, and God put him out as an outcast. He said, oh God, man, you, 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 you did this to me. It's unbearable. But God does things to bring us back in. He disciplines us whenever we're astray and we're far off. Just like I discipline my kids, I, I try to pull them in. I try to say things that will bring them back, even if it hurts sometimes, to get them where they need to be. But Cain still didn't listen. And we know the life that he choose, chose. But today we're choosing whether to love or be offended. And the, and the Lord shared another scripture in 1 John 4.20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother. And, and what the Lord's put on my heart here is God measures for love is, or is horizontal. In other words, we can't love God if we don't love people. I can't sit up here and say that I love God if I don't love people. Nor can you sit out there and say that I love God when you don't love people. You see people every day and you can't love them and you never see God, but you say you love him. God's saying that to me. He said my love is, is horizontal or, or vertical. But again, you got to love horizontal before you can go vertical. And I don't think we get that sometimes. I think we act like we do, not realizing it. True love for God will be shown through people first. You cannot thank God for his goodness when you can't thank God for the goodness of the brother or sister sitting by you. How many times do I hear people, they're jealous when somebody's blessed. They're jealous if a brother and sister are blessed and they're not. God, I've been serving you. Man, if we can't enjoy that with our brothers, come on. Come on. But we can't do both. We can't do both. So how do we deal with offense? If you have been offended, you just simply forgive your brother. So if you're presenting a gift at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Jim was sharing the other day and I thought it was really good. Uh, me and him were talking about this. And, and anyway, he made a comment when, when somebody pops into his mind that he's angry at, he says, Lord, I forgive them, and then he prays for them immediately. And, and whether he's right or wrong, he's got to break that offense. And, and that's simple 101. You know, we're kind of like Teresa. We don't have a clue about football. <laughs> no offense, Teresa. But we, sometimes it acts like we don't have any, uh, we don't understand the word when it's that simple. Lord, I forgive them and pray for them. It's that easy. It's that easy. 
I don't even think that sometimes you need to go to your brother and sister if you can deal with it with yourself. But say God tells me to go to Mike Diggs and say, Mike, forgive me, I've done this. And Mike Diggs says, you blooming idiot. Remember last week I learned what blooming idiot meant. That means I'm a blooming idiot. Thank you. Thank you for my, my rep. But if I go to Mike and, and he, he said, get out of my face. Okay, you go on. But you still pray for him and love him. You've done what you've done. It's between him and God now. But I think nine times out of ten, when I go to Mike Diggs and say, bud, I'm sorry I offended you, Mike Diggs is going to say, what are you even talking about? And that offense is broke down, and we're moving on, whereas before that offense was keeping us from communicating, loving each other, and being friends. And the scripture here says another one that I want to read to you. Sorry, praise team, I'm trying, but... I'm just going to tell you to finish when I'm done anyway, remember? (laughs) But the Lord put this scripture on my heart too, Ephesians 4.1. God wants us to be intentional about restoring, or the word said in in Matthew 5.23, reconciling. Reconcile means to restore friendly relations. God wants us to be intentional about that. And in Ephesians 4.1 says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Meaning, you get out of the way. If you got to suffer a little bit, if you got to break your pride down a little bit, and if you even got to carry the load a little bit, do it to love them. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. In other words, give it up for Jesus like we give it up for the chiefs. Give it up for Jesus like we do whatever our passions are in this life. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. God wants the unity above all. Believers, we're all going to be into heaven together. And maybe some believers you're not getting along with, we're going to be in heaven together. We'll start working it out now. And then the fifth or the sixth and final thing is trust God to judge people's actions. Our responsibility is to love. And we got into that all a little bit earlier when I was talking about Mike and some of these other things. But we started out with 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, Let us show it by our actions. And then I close out today is that, Pastor, I don't know if I can do it. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. You can do it. But the scripture that we keep pounding on my mind is again, 1 John 2.27. But the anointing, the Holy Ghost, which you have received from him, abides in you. So believers, believers, Filled with the Holy Ghost, it's in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you how to do it. I don't even need to stand up here and tell you how to to do things. How to, to break down the offenses. How to deal with your offenses. Because the Holy Spirit's in you and they're wanting to tell you and probably are doing it. Tugging at you. It goes on to say, but as the same anointing, the Holy Ghost teaches you concerning all things. And it is true. It's not a lie. And just as I ha- it has taught you, 
you will be able to abide. You're going to be able to overcome. The Holy Spirit, if he's nugging you to deal with offense, he's going to tell you how to teach you how to, to work through the offense. He's going to teach you how to love the people. He's going to do all the work. You just got to do what he tells you. Just be obedient. Trust is that point. Trust him. And so the altar call today is, is, is first off, if you're not saved, that's key. Man, you got to have Jesus in your heart. You need to get saved today. But the second thing in here today is offense. Uh, as clear as God showed me that, that we needed to pray for Dolly and her family today, he said, you need to get rid of your offenses. And they're in the house. And I want to challenge you between you and God to come up to these altars and just pray and ask him to teach you how to deal with it, how to handle it, and what to do. God, do I just need to do it on my own or do I need to go to him? Lord, what do I need to do here? It's tearing me up. I'm, I'm sad. I'm depressed at times. I'm tired of fighting this. It's pulling me down. I can't love like I want to love. If, if we're carrying a fence, we laughed at that video, but we're just like that boy in that video. We're carrying a yard fence around with us. And his poor little girl, tea party, was interrupted because he's carrying a fence. And when we're carrying a fence, we can't love God. We can't love each other. We can't love the people that are around us. We can't love our children. We can't love people like we should love them. That's why this is so important today. So praise team, if you guys would stand to your feet. Father, I ask that we get past our pride. As the word said earlier, Lord, that, that we would go to great lengths to break down things. And Father, I ask that we get by our pride and that we begin to move out if we're carrying offenses today. In Jesus' name. These altars are open now. And if you need prayer for anything else, come to me. If you need deliverance or healing, but let's deal with this offense today. Please come.